Welcome to the Seven Figure Girls Podcast, where we live, laugh, learn, and embrace the wisdom of everyday women doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Katrina the Hurricane. Let's get ready to learn, grow, and crown. everyone welcome to seven figure girls i know it's been a minute but we have a wonderful new guest i want to introduce you to and she is the founder of michelle speaks and so i'm gonna let her tell you all what michelle speaks is about but let me tell you she is amazing she is a godsend she is a wonderful find so glad to have met her through a friend but michelle tell us a little bit about yourself hello 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 first of all katrina thank you so much for having me on um, seven figure girls. I'm so honored to be able to um, share this space with you. So thank you so much. As far as what Michelle speaks with a Z is, if you hide it, you can't feel it. It actually started out as a radio podcast um, about in 2017, and it just morphed into um, what it is now—a life coaching organization. I'm an international inspirational speaker, author, advocate activist. Um, I'm very passionate about helping women uh, redefine their life after adversity, after trauma, after abuse. Um, so that's what Michelle speaks. If you hide it, you can't heal it is all about. And the umbrella of that is our mental well-being because that, you know, uh, determines every other aspect of area of wellness in our life is the state of our mental health. So that in a nutshell is what Michelle speaks with a Z is all about. Yes. And so if you hide it, you can't heal it. What yes. is the foundation of your purpose? So that slogan, if you hide it, you can't heal it, is more than just a slogan. It's um it's the culmination of how I lived my life early on, you know, from a young age, you know, in the African community and I'm sure in other households, you know, there was a saying, what goes on in the home stays in the home and um, you know, there was two things that were taboo to talk about more, but these two main things, and that's mental illness and it's um, sexual assault incest. And so at a very young age, before I even realized that I had an option to have a voice and to have boundaries, all of that was stripped because of, you know, incest and molestation and later on, you know, sexual assault and things of that nature. And I just feel that silence breeds sickness. And with the way society is today, um, the foundation of how we move and live begins at home. And if we're keeping secrets in the home, then that's gonna that's gonna bleed over into our community, and that's gonna impact the way that we show up as a community and as a society. So we need to begin creating environments where we can not only talk about the taboo topic, but we have to create a safe space to allow people to feel safe to share their traumas, but also provide them with solutions on how to redefine their life after that. So that's the foundation of what Michelle Speaks is all about. You know, we help people to identify the barriers to um, healing, to end the shame of silence by false belief systems and to restore their voice um, by setting and sustaining healthy boundaries. And I have a heart for women, you know, because I am a woman and that's my history, you know, uh, you know, your message, your message, your testimony, your testimony. And so um, endured a lot from a young age to my present age of 51 years young and have overcome a lot, you know, by the grace of God. Um, 
So I just, it's my passion and it's my desire to help other women to overcome their pain. You know, be able to identify who they were or reconnect with who they were originally created to be, you know. So my pain helped me to identify my passion, which helped me to find my purpose. And now that I am walking in power, it is my charge to go back and help my sisters find my Wow. I just want to say first, you do not look 21 years young. You look way younger than that. I'm not um, trying. <laughs> um, you have an absolutely beautiful spirit. And just to be able to open up and share that with others, how how did that come about? What Where did that come from in you that you really wanted to turn this pain? So you got deep early. So... <laughs> Uh, so that came by way of, because I did a lot of masking and it was, it was a form of protection, you know, we put up walls, whether consciously or unconsciously, you know, we're trained and we're groomed how to, to, to be safe in our environments growing up and our homes and our families, they're supposed to be our safest, but that was not the case with me. I never knew what being safe meant or experienced being safe. I was always on guard. I was always guarded. I was always trying to make myself invisible and shrink myself because, you know, I started being sexually violated at six, you know, by members of my family. And so um, I learned quickly to be a chameleon, to adapt to my environment, to put on this mask of strength like everything was okay, but everything wasn't. And, you know, throughout my teenage years, um, things started to manifest because you can only suppress your emotions and things so long before they begin to manifest in, you know, destructive behaviors, you know, whether it be addictions or, you know, whatever it may be, eating disorders. But mine was in the form of um, being very rebellious because I was angry, you know, and I was masculine. I got to the point I couldn't do it anymore. So I was rebellious. Uh, I was acting out, I was drinking, I was promiscuous, I was I was just full of rage because I didn't know how to express the emotions bubbling up. You know, they were overwhelming. So um, I expressed it in that manner. And so that's basically uh, my why. That's why I'm so passionate about it. It took me years of identifying layer by layer and uncovering layer by layer the hurts and the pains traumas you know um some family turning against me and you know friends you know leaving because they couldn't handle the weight of what I was sharing but it got to a point you know I joined the military I tried to succeed my you know I joined the military in an attempt to kind of redefine myself you know I love to serve and I've always had a heart to serve and what better way to serve than to join the military but I joined the military and ended up marrying my abuser who was my abuser for 10 years you know um, so there was domestic sexual you know every emotional all kinds of abuse there and then during my military service I was again sexually violated I hit a brick wall you know I couldn't succeed my way through I couldn't force my way through I couldn't power my way through and I realized that I needed help because you know five failed suicide attempts later five mental health diagnoses I was like I don't know what else to do I give up where do I turn who do I go to and there was such a stigma you know still is but we're getting better about mental illness 
that I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. I felt that I was revival, you know, for anyone, the military, my family, anyone. Because by that time I had a daughter and I was married at the time. I just felt completely useless. And I realized that I needed help. So uh, I started seeking counseling. And they started uncovering the layers of trauma. And then I realized that I didn't like their methods, you know, the various therapies because I had compounded trauma. Some of the therapies that they use actually caused me to spiral more. And so I started looking for alternatives, you know, healing. I mean, nature has a healing quality that nothing else can do. And so, you know, on my journey to finding healing, um, I ended up in Peru with about 10 other disabled veterans hanging off the side of the mountain, the Andes Mountain. And that's where the paradigm shift came. I realized at that point, climbing that mountain, because I'm definitely afraid of heights, but I had to face my fears, my fear of heights and my fear of the opposite sex because of what I experienced growing up and in military service. And so when I got to the top of that mountain at a little over 17,000 plus feet, I realized I was like, God, because I am a woman of faith, I don't want to die. I just don't want to carry this excruciating pain anymore alone. And I don't want to wear the mask anymore. And so it was on the side of that mountain that everything just shifted to me because the group that I was invited to go with, their their slogan was, if you can climb a mountain, you can overcome anything, you know, because what's within you is stronger than what's in your way. And it helped me to reconnect with the resiliency within that we all have. And so that's where it's been my own journey. That's amazing. And you know, you you said something that really spoke to me, mask. Yes. Um, because I am proud to say I'm in counseling. I have been in counseling for two years. <laughs> I believe it is something that's necessary for everyone. I hate that there's such is. a stigma attached to it. Mm-hmm. But I found that I mask, and you know, um, that kind of evolved over from, you know, my father over into my relationship. My masking is that I want everybody to be happy. I want everybody to get along. I want everybody to be peaceful, you know. And so even if that means shrinking myself, yeah. everybody else is okay. You yeah. know, that's part of it also. And noticing that I had become very much of a yes person. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't because, you know, in, in the household, when daddy talks, right. what daddy says goes, it. you don't talk against it, you don't say anything, you just be like, yes, then you go about your business. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that, that masking is important because there are so many ways that people can mask. So mm-hmm. what other ways have you found, like dealing with um, the women and their experiences, what other ways have women masked and how can they overcome them? So... You know, it's different for every woman because it's based upon your belief system and your environment and how you grew up. So unmasking, honestly, the first step is, is is accepting who you are and where you are, not bemoaning how you got to the place that you are, not, and understanding that whatever happened that put you in that place, there was nothing that you did to cause it. And there was nothing that you could have done to prevent. You know, we we carry a lot of guilt because we are we are ingrained from a young age to be nurturers, to nurture everybody else, and put ourselves last. 
So it seems foreign for us to allow ourselves to hold space, to take up space, to, you know, there's a, that cliche word that everybody's using now, the self-care, um, but to take care of ourselves. And so part of unmasking is acknowledging, looking in the mirror and accepting and appreciating and loving the perfectly imperfect creature that you are. You know, and not attempting to blend in or to shrink yourself, but just embracing the uniqueness of how God created us, you know, because we're fearfully and wonderfully made. So the first step I would say is acceptance. Um, and so, you know, there's there's so many different types of masks that we wear. We wear, we wear masks in our homes, you know, because we're, we're, we're mothers, we're significant others. We are leaders in our workplace. We are, you know, caretakers of our siblings sometimes and sometimes I mean so we wear many hats many many masks but in all of that who is the real you do you know who you are you know I remember back to a time when before all of this happened when I was little I was this happy vivacious happy-go-lucky little girl I love performing I love dancing I love singing I love, you know, that was just who I was. But the first time that I was violated, all of that stopped. I just shifted. I, sh I went in. I shrank. Mask. I stopped singing. I, I lost my voice. So part of unmasking is regaining finding your voice. Like, what are your likes? What are your dislikes? Um, what are your pet peeves? What do you enjoy doing? That those those things like that. Right there, like if I were to ask you, what do you enjoy doing? What's your favorite color? Mm -hmm. Um, I I love books. Yeah, <laughs> like my dream is to have my own library in my home, and so you know, perfect to me is like a rainy day with the windows yes. open, sitting there with coffee or tea and reading a book. Like, yes, that is something I enjoy. I might sound boring, but I'm like it's peaceful. It's I not can boring. escape into that book. It's just yeah. If you enjoy it and, and you're peaceful and you're content, it's not boring. Mm -hmm. And so that it's just simple little things like that. You know, now of course we've got different programs depending on what they want to do, and if they're ready to begin the journey, because it's not, it's a continual thing. You know, because there's layers to the commitment. So healing is a journey, it's not a destination. So we have various programs in, you know, in person or in virtual. Um, we do various gatherings where we come together in an environment and create that environment for you to be able to unveil. Um, and so unmasking contributions. You can release through music, through movement. You know, movement is healing. You know, mu mu music moves. You know, you can go and read that in the Bible, how, you know, every time, um, you know, David danced and then how every time, you know, he, he was upset, they called in the minstrels to minister to him. So find the things that you like to do and, and then you can begin to really find out who God originally created you to be, not who somebody told you to be or living up to the expectations of what your parents, your siblings, your friends, your significant other want you to be or think you should do. That was a big part of me unmasking because I wanted to please 
my family. I wanted to make everybody happy, but I was miserable. And so when I just, I was like, this is what I like to do. This is what I'm going to do. Even if nobody else understands it, they don't understand me. It's okay. I'm going to do it. Like I love adventure. You know, I love being outdoors in nature. I love jumping out of plane, you know, climbing, hanging up the side of the mountain, running marathons with no training. And people are looking at me like, what is wrong with you? Well, I enjoy it. You know, and so just finding out who you are. So and going after what you is that a part of the unmasking, like the healing portion when you said, you know, to love to perform? Do you has that come back to you now that you perform? It has. You know, I don't do it professionally, but yes, I love like I write songs, you know, um copywriter, I think four songs. Um, I love to to write, to journal, because that gets things out of you. And, you know, because our body holds trauma. And so journal, you know, writing, um, I've published several works. I just, I love the creative ones. And I connect with that because when we look at the entertainment industry, many of our greatest entertainers have challenges with mental health. And they have challenges because it goes back to their childhood. And so they express themselves through their creative arts. And I believe that's, you know, part of the reason why I love the arts. Even though I don't do it professionally, I, you know, I used to teach dance and stuff like that, but it's not traditional dance. It's just, how do you, I mean, creative movement, mm -hmm. you know, um, expressing the words of your favorite music through movement, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, you feel, that's what you do. And so that's what I do. And so, yes, and I've gone back to being a happy, vivacious, you know, loving woman now. <laughs> I can tell because your smile is so vibrant and beautiful. Yes. Yes, I can see it. So, But I lost it for a while, you know, and I still battle with depression and things like that. But mm -hmm. I know my triggers and I know the tools and the resources that I have to pull me out and I've been in therapy for over 20 years and I will probably be for, for the rest of my life. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, I know what works for me and I know what I need to do. And it's, it's okay not to do it. You know, once I came to that realization, it just opened up a whole new peace and content and enjoyment. Right. And it's so important for us to know our triggers, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's that's once again getting to know yourself as a person, which you like right. and dislike, and to know what kind of sets you off. But have you found that, especially in this time of social media, where people are putting in front for each other to, you know, for their lives to look better than what they are? Yes. You know, are, are you finding it harder for people to truly be able to heal, maybe because they are having that comparison with through social media and things like that? You know, the women whose path, who crossed my path, um, I'm very transparent. The, the four pillars for me, transparency, vulnerability, accountability, authenticity, because people need real. Mm -hmm. And so the community that I've created and formed, it's a safe, sacred community where women can come and be real. They can let their hair down. They can be nurtured. They can be given the, the three things that I believe drives humanity, which is to give and receive love, to be seen and to be heard. Because we're often not heard. Mm -hmm. 
you know, or our voices are minimized. And so I create, I've created an environment for women to be able to be heard and to get the love that they need and to receive the love, that they need, you know, to give the love that they, they desire to give. And so by creating a space for that, it's definitely improved their lives. But yes, there's a lot of women, a lot of people in general, you know, especially with this pandemic, people have become so much more isolated. Um, but we were created for connection. And there's been such a disconnect that yes, people are putting themselves their mental health is suffering. And you can see it by the things that are going on in the news today. You know, this most mm-hmm. recent shooting in Virginia and in Walmart, you know, the Uvalde shooting, the, the things that are going on, people are snagging. Because they don't have an environment where they feel safe enough to unveil and reveal so they can be happy. And so, you know, I love, absolutely love what you're doing because it creates a space to catch, especially our young ladies young, mm-hmm. where we can give them that foundation or, you know, teach them or give them tools where they can be able to regain their voice if their voice has been been lost, but to know their voice and to identify and be bold in it and know that, you know, they're important, you know, they matter, they're loved, and they're powerful. Mm -hmm. And they don't have to be hard to do it and they don't have to pretend. You know, they can be comfortable in their own skin. Right. So in your story, you said, you know, it took you climbing a mountain, right? Yes. I can only imagine because I am not fit enough to even do a rock wall at the nearby, you know, like main, we have a main event here in Texas. And right. so I'm like, we can't even do that. Like, but I know you're an active person. Right. So just not outer strength, but how much inner strength did it take for you to climb? It was the inner strength that enabled me to be able to. Um, you know, the body will do whatever the mind says it can do. And it all goes back. You know, it's, it's everything is connected, mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. If you're emotionally wounded or broken, if you're mentally broken, you're not going to have a whole lot of energy or really to want to do anything. So that was a, a fight. It was a spiritual fight. It was an emotional fight. It was a mental fight. But I was determined to win because I was tired. And my only other option failed, you know, mm-hmm. four other times, five other times by that. And so I, I, my, my mindset was there is no alternative option. I am going to do this or I'm going to die trying. And I believe we all have that point within. You know, one of my friends asked me at one point in time, do you ever think that you'll reach your, um, I forget the word they used, but will I ever reach, you know, Mm -hmm. that point where I feel like I've achieved enough? No, there's always more. Mm -hmm. We just have to surround ourselves with a circle of support. We have to confront the things that we don't want to confront, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because we all have, you know, duality in us. There's the good side, there's the bad side, there's the side in between, you know? Right. We just have to accept ourselves totally. Not only the things that we believe are acceptable to us. You know, we all have 
vices. We all have proverbial thorns in our side, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And so mine just happens to be, you know, a combination of mental, emotional, and physical. But it's okay because I'm still here. You know, were there times that I didn't think I was going to make it? Yes. You know, I got out of the military and I was bedridden for a year with a heart condition. But they said I'd never recover. But in my mind, I was like, God, I'm too young. I have a daughter to raise. And at the time I had, you know, I was married. Um, I am not going to die on this couch. And so it, it's a mental fortitude. And it's something that can only be found, I believe, in a relationship that has always been the foundation. And I always anchor back to that, even when I'm straight away. And I love that you circle back around to that because before we started recording, you told me what your you got to repeat that in a recording. So, what right. is the vision you have for you? Right. So, because I'm a woman of faith, and that's been my the word has been my anchor. And anytime I'm fighting anything in battle, I go to the word because for every affliction, there's a spiritual. And so Habakkuk 2 and 2 says, write the vision and make it plain. You know, it goes on to see, so, say, so those that see it can run with it. But that doesn't only apply to the vision for your ministry and your business or whatever. It applies to your life. Because if we don't have a vision to live our life, then how are we living? So my vision for my life is I am a woman of faith, living life audaciously in spite of seeing the invisible, doing the impossible, and inspiring others to do the same. And that in spite of can be whatever you want it to be. I know what my in spite of was, you know, the things that happened to my childhood, the things that I've endured, you know, in my military, during my military career, the divorces, the, you know, the plethora of just living life. In spite of, I still have hope. In spite of, I'm still going to move forward until my Abba takes me home. Now, does that mean that I'm okay every day? No, it doesn't. Because, I mean, we're, we're all human. We all have our right. moments. There is no such thing <laughs> as perfection, right? We're mm -hmm. imperfectly perfecting who we are. Mm -hmm. So just to know that and learn that, but how do you, like, what tips can you give to cultivate or to help women cultivate that safe space? Because um, you know what has happened in the recent news where the young lady went to Mexico with friends and she didn't return. Right. and how can you build a community of trusted people that you can trust? Because you think you can trust these people. And so sometimes that's our hurt, right? Sometimes that's our trauma. We are- It's a betrayal. Right. Betrayal. And I know for me, you know, I have friendships that I thought were going to last a lifetime that have dissipated recently. And I'm like, that's worse than breaking up with a man. I was like- It is. You know, my girl since we were 14. Like- <laughs> And so, like, how do you deal with that and start to build a community of trust with other women where you feel safe and vulnerable and you can assist each other with um, healing? Well, first and foremost, we have to accept that conflict is a part of it. You know, without conflict, there is no change. Uh, and we have to get back to learning to trust the Holy Spirit, that inner unction, the red flags, whatever you want to label it. If we really think about it and we sit still and sit quiet long enough, 
our friend or frenemies, I label them now, gave signs and indications that they were not um, And we blow it off and we ignore it or we smooth it over. We try to smooth it over. Look for patterns and behaviors in your relationships. That's one of the things that we can do is look for the patterns and the behaviors. Because you can say a whole lot of things, but you only know as much about a person as they decide to reveal in word, deed, and act. So I watch people's actions more than I listen to their words. And if they continue not to be in alignment, then we have a conversation. And then if it doesn't change, we may have one more conversation, depending on the severity of what is happening. Sometimes there's no more conversation needed. It's just a straight cut. If the relationship is important, then I have the conversation. But I shift their access to it. So, you know, I live my life as a, as a woman of word and a woman of God by the foundation. So there's three categories of people in my life. They, they're either in the outer court, the inner court, or the home so and it takes a whole lot of time to get to the holiest of holies based on your behavior your actions how we communicate how i feel you know if we listen to our body our body will tell us if we're comfortable enough to feel safe to let her guard right if we just pay attention to those little cues then we'll know like i know who i can be myself around and just be unguarded and then i know who i can't but i i learned through experience, through betrayal, through, you know, um, life. It's a part of life. So I would say trust that unction and look for the patterns and then move in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Yes. And because I think that's important, especially the right? Yes. Sermons is a huge thing. And like you said, whatever you call it, you know, a red flag or this or that, um, we have to build our discernment. And that is going back to, you know, faith, what we believe in and what we know and really getting in tune with ourselves about how we feel and things we are aware. Because, you know, we do, we hear things, we see things, we push them aside, like, oh, well, that they're just having a moment or they didn't mean that or, you know things like that but like right look for the patterns look for the signs if that continuously happens um put your guard up a little like become more aware like pay pay attention to those things you're listening to the seven figure girls podcast with your host katrina the hurricane you were saying you know we were talking about um just the warning signs and looking for things and that discernment that we need to Right. And then address the thing that has been done or has been said. I mean, we should be able to communicate about, about any and everything. It's all in the delivery. You know, just express it. Hey, you said this, and I wanted to be clear on what your intentions were, what you meant by it. I don't, I didn't, I didn't like that. You know, and again, that's us setting our boundaries and amplifying our voice, which, you know, is uncomfortable, but the more that we do it, the easier it will be. 
Wow. So you do this kind of thing how often? Because like now that you were talking, we're in it. I got to come to one of your groups. <laughs> so my community give back groups, the free group is called Empowered to Thrive Girl Name. And we meet every second and fourth Friday on Zoom um, for about two hours. And, and the time goes by. You know, we talk about before our dreams. Uh, nothing is off limits and everything is safeguarded and it stays there in that community. So um, we're not doing anything for the holidays, um, but we're going to start strong again in January. So the second and fourth Fridays of January, that uh, that's the Empowered to Thrive. Um, anything else that we're doing, you know, if you want to be a part of the group or anything like that, that's all on the website, you know, healing the hurt, moving beyond pain, the restore now, and just the world. Um, I do quarterly gatherings called the Restore Series, and we're actually starting the new year off strong in January. I'll be um, with setting and sustaining healthy boundaries here in Jacksonville. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's good. And so just so you know, all of her information will be available on the website. And she is actually breaking news, the cover girl for a City Girl Dallas magazine this issue. So we will have her information there also. Yeah, guys, if you don't know, I have a magazine there, so watch out. Right. <laughs> But um, we will link ways for you to get in touch with Michelle and to just go to her page, find out more information mm -hmm. and, you know, reach out to her, get some counseling because we all need a little bit of counseling, right? We need someone to talk to and someone to really help us through the process. Right. But, I'm a coach, though. I'm not a counselor. A coach, right. I'm a coach. Are you still a counselor? Right. Coaching. Yeah. Right. Coaching. Right. Oh, to me, they're the same thing. They're really not. <laughs> They're really not. <laughs> but right. I, yes, I, I just create an environment for women where women can really get real with themselves and begin or continue their journey mm -hmm. to not only healing, but to uh, to find out who they are and mm -hmm. to take up space in this life and to, you know, just to love themselves and to love life, mm -hmm. no so, matter what has happened. Right. So that's a good point. So tell me truly, what is the difference between counseling and coaching? Because to me, um, counseling is more where they kind of just ask you a bunch of questions and you just kind of talk and you come to revelations yourself. So how right. is coaching, especially your type of coaching, different? how can it aid in it? So coaching is you're doing the majority of the work. I'm asking you questions similar to counseling, but not um, is is different. Mm -hmm. And you have action items that you are, you know, responsible for. Um, you have there's a lot of work to do, and you have to have the support of those that are close to you if they know that you're taking this journey. Because depending on what it is, because I really deal with women that have been trauma of some sort. Um, so really just helping them walk, coaching them through the process and the and the and the um the nuances of overcoming the trauma mm -hmm. of the challenges that they've been having, physical abuse, domestic abuse, um, mental health challenges, secondary trauma, just helping them to identify the root of what it is, of why they're showing up and not showing up in life the way that they are. But I do it in such an environment. Um, 
that it's easy, even though it's hard and it's a, it's a dark topic, it's easy for them because they feel safe. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had to say in a nutshell, what I do, I'm a healer. Ooh, words that you present. You know, some, some people are like, ooh, that's kind of spooky or whatever. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's really not. It's just creating a space for women to be able to and really be able to share, you know, and then provide them with tools and resources and navigating that journey with them because we were not created to be alone. Um, and especially when you're navigating trauma, you're not, you're not to do that alone. Right. And we were made to be in community with exactly. each other. And another thing I think I want to point out about, I think a lot of us use counseling as a dump, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is what I did this week. Let me go back off on this person. <laughs> and well, coaching, it. you have to do the work and there right. you have to have accountability. Right. So, um, I know because I've done some leadership coaching, right? We always trust the coachy does the work. Right. Mm-hmm. You are the one who have you have to sit in those moments. You have mm-hmm. to put pen to pad. You have to put in the mental work. Yeah. And you have to be ready. Mm-hmm. You have to be ready to do that. Like, do you really like, you know, the first question that I ask is why now? All right. And are you ready? Because depending on what program you're, t- you're, you're embarking upon, like the six month program, that's um, intense. So you really have to be ready. And then there's, you know, different layers. There's a six month, the three week, you know, um, it just depends on where you are in your journey. And I will know where you are during your journey by doing a discovery call with you and to determine if we're a fit. Right. Yeah. But I can tell very much so that you have a healing spirit. And mm-hmm. that is really what comes out and what helps you to be such a good coach. For right. all these women to help them because it's not only that you have been in their shoes or in their situation and made it out, but that you have that healing spirit in you. And yeah. people are drawn to yes. healing spirits. They are. So, you know, it's like, it's a perfect match and that's that's what God's purpose for you. And I think some, well, a lot of people don't realize when you go through things, you're not just going through it for you. You're yeah. going through it to help that next person, to help guide them. Because when you do have a healing spirit, that's what you're there for. To yeah. help others, to heal others. You're here to, you know, I know that I'm here to help women heal their pain. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I help men too. But, you know, to help, help women heal and move beyond their pain and turn that into whatever God wants to do with um, you know, when I wrote my first book, Releasing the Pain, so many years ago, that was one of the things I asked, like, why me? Like, why do I have, you know, you know, why, why, why me? And it's like, why me? Because right. you're equipped to hear me. Okay, God, I got you. You know, and other things that women can do, just some tangible takeaways, you know, affirmations, meditations, you know, it's not anything spooky and not, you know, unpopular. Um, I know that there's healing in my voice and, you know, and I didn't say this. This is just feedback. They're like, there's something, there's a sound in your voice that is so soothing and healing. So I've created some affirmations, you know, if you want to check it out on my YouTube channel, um, go and check it out. You know, listen to that a couple of times a day whenever you feel like you need to reset. So there's different modalities to do it. You know, moving the body, you know, exercise, 
you know, mindfulness, spending time in God's world, being active, being actively engaged with others. Healing is a journey and is not a destination, and there is no one path to go. But the foundation is the world. Mm -hmm. Because that's truly what helps. Right, and we have to get more into our word to find the foundation. I think it's a great idea for everybody to, as you're reading the Bible, find that verse that connects to you, that you can, you know, build upon, that you can draw to. Um, I was telling Michelle earlier, like Proverbs 3, 5, 6, like that, that, that's my verse. I have it on the plaque in my prayer closet. Before I start to pray each time, I say that, I say that because I do. Because um, I want God to direct my steps. I want to be able to submit to him and his way. Get mine out of the way. Because mine, I, it ain't right. Let me tell you right now. Anyway. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes we want to go our, our, do our own thing and go our own way. And I'm like, Lord, sometimes, you know, my prayer is, Lord, be, you are Lord over every area in my life. And then I'll be like, well, Lord, maybe not better. Don't touch that right. Let me just keep it. No, and then I'm like, Michelle, okay. I'm like, okay, Lord, you're, you are Lord over every area. But, but in that, we still have our, our, our proverbial thorns on our side. And that's where he says his grace is sufficient. Um, we can do our best to emulate him, but we are not. And he knows that. And so, you know, one of my, my founding scriptures um, that drives me because living with mental illness, you know, and some people may not agree uh, that there is even such a thing that there is as we need a doctor is to be able to address these needs. But Psalm 40, when I get very low, it says, he also brought me up out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay. And he set my foot up on the rock and he established me steps. Put a new song in my mouth. And even when I get low, and I can't speak, I will just listen to the word or listen to that. And it it soothes me. It gives me peace. It gives me hope. And it gives me, you know, joy when I don't feel like, you know, like I'm climbing my way up out of the dark abyss or out of the valley, you know, in the mountain, in the mountain. Right. Um, his word, his word, it's living, it's breathing, it's moving. And as we read the word, the word reads us. You know, every time I go to read, I say, God, give me revelation, knowledge, and understanding. Open up your scriptures to me and help me to apply it to me. And he does every time. Even sometimes when I don't read him, I'm convicted on my Lord and need to spend time with you. Right. So then I'll just put it on my Audible or I'll put it on, you know, my, um, I have an app on my phone where I can just listen to it even if I can't read Exactly. Because yeah, what is going in is what's going to come out. Right. Going in, get out. Right. Mm -hmm. I am so honored. I, I so, so, so love your passion and your vision and your mission for what you're doing for young ladies because we need it. So I thank you, Katrina, for taking the charge um, and for paving the way. And I pray that God continues to bless you and order your steps and broaden your boundaries and larger territories. Give you the desires of your heart because of your fortitude and faithfulness here for sisters. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, such kind words. Thank you. Because I think the world of you also. So I want that for you and more. All right. Yeah. A few more questions. So 
technically this is a pageantry and finance (laughs) podcast. Such a niche little thing. But what is your opinion of pageantry? So my opinion about pageantry, I think with the proper team in place, it can be a good thing to help build women's self-esteem and to build you know, we're women. We like pretty things. We like looking beautiful. And some of us don't know how to do that. So pageantry helps, you know, women build their confidence and their self-esteem and help them to kind of put stuff together and glam up. However, I think there's a competitive side of it. There's a dark side to it, as with everything. And it saddens me sometimes to see the lengths that some of the women will go to and the jealousy and the envy that they will go to to win. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about the winning, it's about the journey, it's about who you're becoming, it's about who you're helping. So I love pageantry with the right mindset and with the right team in place, with the right objectives and the right things to help build young women and um, young girls and women up rather than putting them into positions to pit them to, um, to compete with them mm-hmm. and to be little and demean them, you know, by saying you have to be a certain size, you have to be this, you have to be this no so that's my opinion I could go on and on and on about but that's my opinion about pageantry right and that's one thing why I loved I started in plus size pageantry and so I didn't know anything about that at first and you know I've lost weight since then but what I enjoy about it is the sisterhood I didn't know there was such a strong sisterhood in Mm -hmm. pageantry and to learn that I'm not competing against my sister I'm right. competing against myself, who I used to be and what I've grown to through this process. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I, I really want people to see, that pageantry, true pageantry. It's not about competing with another person because mm-hmm. um, I have been in competition and my pageant sister, her shoe broke and she came back saying, she was like, oh my God, does anybody wear a size 10? Can I borrow some shoes? And I'm like, girl, here. And she right. went on to win. Right. <laughs> my shoes on. <laughs> Right. I was like, I was so happy for her. And I was like, you know, anytime I see her now, she's like, Katrina, if there's anything I could do, you just let me know. Call me if you need me, you know, that kind of thing. And so to me, that's what it's about. You know, no, I didn't win that night, but my sisters won. Right. So it's about that sisterhood and what we can do for each other. Well, if they win, you win. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Like I say. Right, exactly. And I never would have met this group of women any other way. And there are lawyers and doctors and policy. And I'm I'm shocked who's involved in that. Oh my gosh, y'all are really a network within each other. Right. Um, it's amazing. And the second thing is the platform that people yes. get to talk about and you know gets publicized because these women are competing. But it's not some people, it's not about, like I said, competing with each other, but getting my platform out there on a public platform for people to right. see, to get okay. that notoriety. And so that's a lot of things. I just have a special You got me kind of curious. I might have to check it out, man. Girl, you going to have to compete, girl. Stop oh, man. You have to compete. <laughs> get you on a floor to Right, girl. <laughs> You're going to have me doing some research now. <laughs> okay, I will send you some links. So if you can be in my pageant system, we're signing up people naturally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Say <so>, less. <laughs> so the other thing, um, what is your favorite food? And what is your favorite mm, My favorite food is, actually, I love seafood. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other favorite food is kind of, you know, people are like, 
Sisa, there's this running joke with my friends and my family. They're like, you are the only person that I've ever known that can live on air. And there's a running joke when my friends come over. They're like, no, don't go to Michelle's house. All you're going to get is a couple of leaves and, you know, some sprouts and stuff like that. But I love eating healthy. But my favorite guilty food that I eat is croissants, big buttery croissants. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't I don't do bread a lot, um, mm-hmm. very sparingly, but when I do it's buttery croissants. And my favorite seafood is when it's done right is um lobster tail. Okay. I'm allergic mm-hmm. to shellfish, so I'm a little jealous. Uh-oh. Every time I see people eating all that shellfish. Yeah. <laughs> so where do you see yourself? So five years from now I see myself um investing in women that want to do what I'm doing. I, I, I'm positioning myself to be able to invest in, in, in women's vision. It's amazing. And so what is a message that's on your heart that you really want to share? You know, what I want to share, especially during this time, is that um, with the pandemic and with the state of uncertainty in our world today, um, a lot of people are hurting, and a lot of people are masking, and a lot of people are not allowing themselves to truly express their emotions that they've been through. They're suppressing them. And so what's on my heart is to allow yourself to go through the process of healing from the heartache of lost relationships, lost income, loss of lifestyle, loss of the world as it used to be, but allow yourself time and space to begin or continue the journey to heal things that you lost. Because um, you can't continue to cover up and just think that success or ignoring it is going to make you go. Don't power your way through, pray your way through. Amen. Amen. All right. Oh my gosh. I just want to say that I see why you do racism because you do have this amazing. <laughs> I'm like, Anybody I, out there listening, if you need a voiceover, hit me up. <laughs> I truly could just sit and listen to you. I'm just like mesmerized. I'm just like, so, Michelle, I want to thank you so much for, you know, reaching out to me and for being a guest on the podcast and my cover girl for City Girls. <laughs> and just thank you for everything you are doing in the community and to help women heal. Because like you said, this is a woman-based community that I have. And I am so glad to have you. I'm thank honored you to so be much. a part of it too, Katrina. Don't think I'm going anywhere. You know, we're oh, you know, we gonna do some things together. We gonna work out. This is just the I'm beginning. I'm gonna be there in Texas next month, sometime towards the end of the month. Yes. Hopefully, we can connect. <laughs> yes. So, everybody in podcasting land, thank you so much for listening. As I said, I will have Michelle's information listed with podcast info on the magazine info on the website info so you guys can reach out to michelle and just get to know her and just experience her for yourself because it will be amazing you will be transformed so thank you everyone have a good night and until next time thanks seven for your girls bye take care bye thank you for listening to the seven figure girls podcast 
To learn more about 7 Figure Girls or 7FG, check out our website at 7figuregirls.com. Please subscribe, share, and rate us anywhere where you can listen to your podcast. Until next time, cherish her, embrace her, honor her, and always crown her.